Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by the Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the gaming industry. Visit us online at IndieGame.Business to learn about our online digital events. We have some amazing sessions with people in the gaming industry, and you can participate for free and purchase inexpensive passes to our industry-leading business-to-business system. Now, here we go, Indie Game Business. Oh, thank you. Well, we've got a hot topic right now. Uh, re, uh, the title of this is Retaining and Rewarding Players Without Resorting to Crypto. That's got some language in it right there. So we've got Jim, <laughs> Trevor Dirksen, and Sayu Abend. And Jim's going to run this thing, so that means I can go hang out back here and just kind of pay attention so take it away jim great thanks dan we really appreciate the opportunity to be here and uh and have an hour to to chat with the audience uh, we're going to start out uh really focusing on this topic of uh, retaining and rewarding players uh and we'll talk about without resorting to crypto but i think as we all know uh for certainly you that are uh, game publishers and developers in the audience that attracting and retaining your gamers to your game in a very rapidly and growing market is a, is a hot topic, probably keeps you up at night. And uh, we know the market is growing uh, double digit, uh, has been doing that for the past several years and uh, expected to happen for the next several years. Uh, so so what are the methods that we, uh, that we use to attract and retain our gamers? Uh, certainly uh, number one, uh, and Trevor will be talking a lot more about that, is, is the stickiness of the game itself. You know. You want that game to attract your gamers and to retain them over a longer period of time uh, from which you can better monetize. Certainly, uh, as gamers play, they like to to see some rewards occur. So in-game digital asset rewards, uh, both consumable and non-consumable assets uh, come to play. Uh, more recently, the, you know, the, the uh, some have evolved into uh, NFTs, uh, adding persona, you know, uh, on and on. And, uh, you know, we'll talk some of that about that. Uh, certainly uh, traditional methods of, of promoting your games, of social media, game influencers, uh, platform promotions are all important and you can't ignore them. But the topic today is really, you know, what are the importance of, of physical rewards, uh, cashback rewards, crypto rewards, uh, uh, prizes? Uh, you know, how does that play in your marketing strategy? Uh, is it important? And uh, we're going to explore this uh, both from a perspective of the uh, the gaming industry, but also bring in uh, lessons learned uh, from uh, decades of history from the retail market, uh, the product goods market, uh, product brands, and the financial sector. Uh, certainly, uh, any of you that uh, watch Super Bowl ads, you see those cashback rewards uh, being advertised over and over and over. We saw uh, Rakuten, we saw a lot of the card companies. So. So we want to look at, you know, exactly what can we learn from retail, product brands, and financial services companies. Uh, these these uh, methods have been considered, um, that while they're relatively new in the gaming industry, they've been applied for decades in these markets. Um, we see uh, card, product, or retailer-specific rewards being important, but you know, the question is, how do you how do you effectively compete with those? And so. That's what we're going to explore today. Uh, we look forward to that. We've got um, uh, some great panelists here to to have that conversation. 
Um, unfortunately, one of our panelists, Bobby Tinsley, who is the uh, co-founder and executive vice president of SKUX, which is a digital incentives platform for both product brands and retailers, uh, was called away by one of his investors. And I think all of us that are in the market understand that when the investors want to talk, you listen. And so he sends his apology for not being here. But we do have a, a great panel, and I want to uh, first introduce them, let them give a brief introduction to who they are and uh, what they do, and then we'll get into some, some discussion. So uh, let's start with you, Sayu. Uh, give a brief introduction and, and tell us you know, any opening comments that you'd like to make. Hi, everyone. So I'm Sayu Aben. I'm the founder and CEO of SpacePoint. So I'm on the fintech, fintech end of things, um, work across merchants, consumers. We have a point of sale and payment uh, solutions that we push out there and really help um, businesses really engage with the consumers and even also bigger business partners. So we've been in uh, business for um, over eight years and are processing across 12 uh, countries globally. Nice to meet everyone. Thanks. So you and, and as I understand, you have a, a strong uh, tech background too in terms of architecting these types of solutions in the market. Yes. Correct? Yes. So every Great. all the solutions that we have, I've worked with the team. Started out on a piece of printer paper and drawing, and then we went to town. So absolutely, I'm an uh, engineer by uh, education and a geek solutions designer by hobby. Super. <laughs> Thanks. Our, our uh, other panelist is uh, Trevor Dirksen, and he comes from the gaming industry, uh, running a, a rapidly growing uh, company, ePlay Digital. So, Trevor, I'll turn it over to you, and you can give an introduction. Sure. So, uh, by way of introduction to ePlay, anyway, uh, we build games for ESPN, Sony Pictures, Intel, Time Warner Cable, uh, and others. Uh, we build games with the Lakers and FIFA World Cup and for seven-time champ, uh, NBA champ, uh, Robert Ory, um, Olympic athlete Michael Smith, and comedian producer Howie Mandel. We've got games that are, you know, kind of traditional casual, like, you know, simple casual games, uh, more location-based games, and uh, an app, which is a running um, app built in a game engine. So like Strava or, or Nike Run, um, built in a game engine and uh and some of those will, will, will come up today and obviously retention stickiness uh, uh attraction are all very very important uh, uh very important uh, to to us and to this uh, this panel discussion right yeah, that's great trevor and i look forward to hearing more about you know some of your uh, blending of the the actual world we live with in and the metaverse and you know sort of that uh bringing the two together. I think that's a very exciting future for all of us. So yeah. really appreciate you being here. Uh, just by way of introduction to myself, I've been a uh, serial entrepreneur for many years, uh, primarily in the, the technical side. Over the last 15 years, I've had a focus on uh, how do you uh, bring uh, targeted offers and uh, loyalty rewards to markets, uh, specifically focused on the retail market. Uh, spent uh, several years working with MasterCard and developing some solution sets for the small to mid-sized retailers to both issue and redeem reward value at the time of sale, which is very important, you know, the, the, that uh, instant uh, gratification that comes about that. So we'll talk a little more about that as we go along uh, in the conversation. So let's go ahead and, and uh, get started. I want to start out with um, addressing the, the question of how important are targeted offers 
incentives and tangible rewards, such as cash back or physical rewards for attracting and retaining customers. And Sayu, I'll start with you. Um, I know you've been delivering these premier innovative fintech solutions to the, to the financial sector for several years, including your current company, SpacePoint. So why are why are card companies and other financial industry players putting such an emphasis on cashback rewards and other targeted incentives? I know uh, just by uh, way of introduction to that, I I'm a big fan of my favorite golfer Charles Barkley, and uh, he, he's always on you know Capital One ads with his uh, promotions, and and there's just tons of money going into to this uh, incentive of cashback reward. So it must be important. Absolutely. So I was. It, it honestly revolves fundamentally around the theory of reciprocity, right? Uh, reward, I give you something, you patronize me, I need you to patronize me and I give you something in return. So from a consumer perspective, it tends to drive and has worked very well over the years for retail. It tends to drive that initial visit and the repeat visits, which is what, you know, the business has always wanted. So it's that, you know, scratch my back and scratch your back and it has worked very, very well. It's I'm personally a huge fan um, in retail. I my favorite um, whatever a store where I get my clothes, they have what they call real women dollars. And I'm like stacking those things up and then it's OK, it's open. Go spend your, your money. So it's definitely is a it's a very, very big thing when it comes to the, you know, the real fintechs in terms of the cards and everything else. It, it doesn't work without digitization. So like, for example, we, we're still in the middle of COVID, but came out of a very, very big lockdown. You can see that COVID actually drove um, a lot of digitization. People were using their cards more. You see a merchant saying, oh, now we can, you know, tap, you can tap, swipe, dip, but you don't have to touch me. You don't have to come near me, social distancing. So it kind of drove that. So you see, um, you know, businesses now or really, really leveraging the fact that people are really using their cards more, using their cards to pay bills. What do we do to further drive? You know, certain certain um, research from uh, ACI shows that about over half of Americans, um, they're, they like making even that initial um, payment or repeat payments just to be able to get those incentives. So, I mean, it's it's just something that has worked and with increased digitization now, it's, it's, I mean, it's just a no brainer. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I noticed, um, you know, in, when I was working with the small to mid-sized retailers in the past, they always relied on their own programs and, and, uh, you know, this is a history that's gone on for like 70 years. Um, Accenture did a study a while back, uh, not too long ago, and found that over 90% of all retail companies offer some form of loyalty program. And, and, you know, I think that's, that's pretty amazing. And then of course, more recently in the retail space, we've seen uh, major marketing channels like Rakuten and Ibotta and Dosh where, you know, yeah. bring all these retailers together and you're getting these instant cashback rewards and that becomes a, a major marketing channel. Yep, it does. Yep. Great. Well, Trevor, you, I know your company, ePlay, is, is innovating in the metaverse and you're linking both physical life experiences with our gaming experiences. So the question to you is, is why is the delivery of t tangible incentives and rewards, including cash, so important in the gaming industry to attract and retain your gamers? Why not just give them some more gold coins? You know, what's... Yeah, well, well that, that works that works too. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and the, the game mechanic 
of a loyalty program and the game mechanic of a, of a mobile game um, doesn't necessarily, it's not that different really. Um, uh, I feel like I'm playing a game every time I, I book a flight um, or book a hotel and uh and i'm getting points and 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 i'm getting different types of points for uh, so the retail is doing the same thing we're doing um and uh and, and they did it first uh, as far as i can tell um sure. and so so we're, we're copying we're copying them and, and happily doing so uh um the flexibility that 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 we have in a way is that um those points um in a in a game they don't always have to lead towards something they, you get points just for the sake of getting points. Oh, okay. You climb the leaderboard, you can unlock something and it's all sure. digital and it's, it's all uh, a very commodity. Um, it's, it's not like the, the airline is going to give me a, a free upgrade or a flight someday uh, if I get enough points in, in the game. But of course that's the logical next step. Um, and a lot of, a lot of companies are taking that step um and uh and that's exactly what what we're doing with with qx um and uh taking games that have a, a cash incentive and one one part of the game um a cash prize and one part of the game and, and a points reward system that be turned into cash in another side of the game and it's, and it's just it's kind of two different rewards two different prizes and it's more complicated than that actually most games are more complicated than that uh, um, um in terms of the economy that runs everything so um yeah it's the the, the reasons are the same reason the retailers are doing it it's retention loyalty um it's a fickle market out there i suppose there's fewer retailers than casual games um probably by an order of magnitude but the competition is fierce nonetheless yeah. <laughs> um, and uh um and so uh, how do you get how do you how do you get somebody's attention in the first place and how do you keep their attention um and th that attention game is the game on 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 your mobile device on your on any screen um if you command attention uh, the longer you command that attention, the more advertising dollars, the more, the more, the less time they're spending doing something else, probably shopping at a retail store uh, or even doing online shopping. So, so, um, uh, you know, commanding attention wins. Uh, if you can, if you can take, as we've done in the past, um, I mentioned we did some work for the Los Angeles Lakers and Time Warner Cable. They hired us just to keep somebody through an ad pod. Their data showed that, that people were watching the basketball game, but they weren't watching um, through the second ad pod or the you know the second ad break so if ad breaks every 15 minutes basketball is a little different than that but anyway if the ad breaks every 15 minutes um they, they weren't getting them through the second ad ad break um so they weren't commanding enough attention so we gamified the viewing experience um to get people through the second ad pod that that gotcha. made some advertisers happy um and and that worked um uh with that game at, at that time and uh and that's that's all our job is really uh, from a I, I don't know about retailers uh, from a gaming point of view it's all about attention yeah yeah well it's interesting too i think when i think games and i you know I play casually um there's always that competitive spirit in me right you know i'm gonna get on top of the leaderboard or you know get extra points or, or i'm gonna uh, get more out of it than you but i it's not a i mean it's not a fierce competition it's just and it even happens in retail i mean you know it's like well i got i got 10 percent 
uh, cashback rewards and you only got 5% or, you know, I got, I got 23 cents off per gallon. You only got 18 cents off per gallon. So, uh, you know, I see that, you know, certainly probably a competitive part of that that plays also. Well, I, I joke, Jim, uh, all the time. I think it's a joke. Gosh, I hope it is that um, I've got to work. There's a, the airline I fly the most has a million mile club where I, I you know, I get a lifetime of benefits. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't retire until I get my lifetime of benefits. So I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> working right through till I get to, till I get to the next level. Right. And yeah. Like yeah. A game. <laughs> yeah. And then those million points are going to be worth a pack of peanuts, right? <laughs> uh, you know, another, I, I did find interesting. There was a study by versus that showed that there was a, a 34% increase in, in League of Legends, which is, of course, more of a heavier game playtime after they introduced rewards. So it's it's kind of, you know, those sort of studies certainly point to, uh, you know, whether they're uh, in-game rewards or physical rewards, the importance of that uh, certainly comes to play. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, one of the things um, is probably coming up. I hope I'm not jumping too forward, but I want to talk about the marketing of the rewards. So it's one thing to offer the rewards, but um, if you think about those ads you talked about earlier, Jim, with uh, uh, with Barkley and them, um, I don't I don't see those ads. Um, but uh, if you're not advertising the rewards program, there's no value yeah. of, yeah. of the rewards program. So so you, you know, you've got to you, and, and, and this works in the retail world, I think, I mean, because this is what I see as an observer anyway, uh, is um, that rewards program program has to be seen as, as having value and there has to be awareness around around that as well. Um, or uh, or I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to park in that parking lot or, or, or go yeah. to that hotel because uh, um, I'm not aware of it. And so that that becomes a co-marketing relationship between the, you know, the rewards program, the loyalty program and and the the offering. <clears throat> um, yeah. And uh, I, I don't know smarter people than me in this space would, would know. Uh, I sometimes get the feeling the rewards program actually spends more money than the, than the offering um, on advertising. Uh, but I, I have no idea if that's true or not. I sometimes get that impression though. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great point. And I think, you know, as we, we talk about um, targeted offers and incentive rewards, do they really work? And, you know, are they, are they best at attracting new customers or the best at retaining customers? Um, and, you know, there's always that discussion, but as you pointed out, um, I think you have to look at rewards as just a component of your marketing strategy, right? And, and it's not a isolated, as you pointed out, uh, it has to be marketed through other channels, mm -hmm. but it is, I mean, you look at, I, I look at Rakuten today and that's a marketing channel. I mean, it's, it's not just about rewards. It actually provides a method to attract and retain those uh, customers over a longer period of time. So yeah, great point. Uh, let me ask you, Sayu, I know you've introduced and are offering uh, these fintech uh, offerings throughout the world. And the question is, do you see these targeted offers, incentives and rewards having an impact on attracting new customers, retaining customers? Uh, and does it vary by uh, what part of the world you're in? It does. It, and I would say just from my experience of working across different markets, everybody likes the what they perceive as free stuff, right? It's, it feels it feels free. So mm -hmm. they like that. They like to be incented. It drives um, acquisition. It drives retention. It drives both. However, again, it is, especially in the fintech world, it is directly proportional 
to the level of digitization. So if I'm going to do a, um, a card reward program in a, a market, emerging market, how many people actually have cards? How many people pay with cash? So you find out that the product type rewards are stronger. Um, the you know 15% off or whatever, it's, it's a little bit more manageable. Also, there's not as much sophistication in those programs. You find out that in emerging markets, they're stronger there because the infrastructure of the payment digitization is not as strong as you have in the first world. So you have to now find um, unique ways of being able to accomplish the same goal, which is drive that you know acquisition and retention and have them come in over and over again um, with, for fintech. How how do you how do you go into a market and hit people who or touch people who don't really use their cards or an older woman who does have a card but she has to like wrap it in some little pouch thing and put it in her little wrapper thing before she it's like a sacred thing and then you tell her hey you have you know whatever twenty bucks per spend you you that that's all lost on them so yeah. we're we're working on part of what is pushing us especially in emerging markets, is to work on more <clears throat> creative ways to really drive those reward programs, even for consumers, but in a, in a very, and I, I can talk about it at some point, but in, in a reverse way. It's just, it just is honestly directly proportional to the level of digitization from a fintech yeah. perspective. Yeah, great perspectives. I, yeah, I, I'm sure that, um, you know, I know uh, even in the, in the United States, there's a you know there's different segments uh, that you have to look at in terms of the demographics and you know how uh, you know uh, an old person like myself uh, will or will not use that technology, right? And uh, you know how do you apply that? So great insight. Or, or how, do, how do small how do small businesses play? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So you can you can do a Bank of America thing or Chase or you know Wells Fargo, and they have all of these sophisticated platforms to be able to play. How how do I say, hey, you know, you spend this much and then get this much without it costing them an arm and a leg? So those are the things that we, we honestly we're very focused on is how do we get the small guys, how do we get the informal guys to play in this space? Because we're all after the same consumer, right? To drive those yeah. consumers there. Yeah. Yeah, and you bring a great point, which which translates right into the the gaming industry, which is the you know keeping the friction out of the, for both the uh, the game publisher and developer, in your case, you know the retailer, uh, through the uh, the proper use of technology, and the same is true for the consumer, right? You don't want to the more friction points you have, the less likely it is that that reward mechanism is going to be used. Uh, you know, I'd be interested, Trevor, in in your thoughts on this, and to you know you're bringing these. Uh, these new marketing channels and methods, uh, you know, out of the fintech industry, the retail industry, and, and as you said, we're borrowing them. But but I mean, the reality is learning from from what's worked and hasn't worked. So how are you viewing that as you know emerging game publisher? Give me some thoughts. Yeah, on that. well, I, I think I'm, I'm learning, including this call. It, it never occurred to me before um, as a as a gaming company, we everything's digital already. Um, so when we, yeah. we, 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 when we, when we register a card or get somebody a card, we don't have to mail it to them. Uh, they don't right. have to apply. Um, they do have to figure out their username and password. So there's, there's, uh, 
friction there. Not, mm -hmm. uh, I always forget the difference between friction and traction. They both sound good to me. I like both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like causing friction. Let me put it that way. Um, and so, so the, uh, the 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 friction of having you know to get a card. I've lived that in retail. I don't want another one of those. I don't want to manage that. I I, I can only manage so many of those. So so, so I can be loyal to so many people that are issuing me cards. Luckily, my computer now and my phone now does a much better job of managing my username and passwords. Yeah. Perhaps the equivalent of a, of a card. Um, <laughs> of course, we could look at it um, from a, and Jim, what I'm, what I'm doing is I kind of forgot the question, but I, I, wanted, well, to, okay. I, I wanted to tell you what I just learned. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm just curious as to, you know, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I was so fascinated with your answer. I probably forgot the question too. Okay. Robert, so. I'm, I'm learning. I'm low. So you thank you. Yeah. Oh, no, it's so great. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is. It is that. I mean, there's always the question of you know, do you use rewards to attract new people? Which is always, I know, in the retail space that when I talk to the smaller retailers, well, I got to get new customers. Got to get new customers. And yet, you know, studies such as one was put out by Wirecard says that 75% of all your, your uh, return on investment is going to come from loyal customers. You know, once you, once you get that customer, how do you retain them? You know, it, and, and certainly rewards seem to be a part of that. So, I mean, what's your thought on, you know, um, you know, attracting versus retaining, you got to have both. I get that. You got to, I, uh, but I think, I think you're, you're quite right. And, and again, I, I'm learning as we go. Um, I think, so if, I wanted to, as a game publisher, I could go to my favorite loyalty program um, and that 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 I have a card in my wallet for and on my phone for, and I yeah. could I could become part of their program, mm -hmm. right? Just like where I park my car, get the hotel, and book my flights. I, I could become part of their program. Yep. I haven't. No other gaming company has either. So I guess what the industry is saying so far is, and what I'm saying by not even thinking about it till this moment, um, is um, it's not for attraction um, because the industry leaders in any market aren't getting me to become part of their program or any other game developer part of their program. So they have Apple, they might have Amazon, they might have a Nike store, something like that. I don't think they do have the Nike store, but they have some of those suppliers, but they don't have a game publisher. So for game publishers, I, I don't think we're seeing a player like that, a loyalty program like that, that um, I can't think of one off the top of my head anyway, that is, um, yes, this is the go-to for attraction. They've been marketing enough. Um, I used them for parking last week and I want to use them for uh, my, my game uh, next week. So I think what we're saying is this is, is irrelevant for attraction so far. Um, and it, and it's, it's, it's about retargeting or, or, uh, or retention uh, primarily, if not, if not completely. Yeah. Well, certainly as we, as we look at, you know, offering rewards, uh, you know, there's a cost of offering those incentives and rewards that you, as you pointed out, Trevor, you, you've got to market them. You've got the actual cost of the reward themselves. So for any any marketing costs, you want to make sure that there's a measurable return on that investment, right? And and uh, you know we're seeing a lot of, of focus over the past many years on uh, metrics that that measure the impact of these reward offers. You know, so if I'm if I'm making a you know if I've got part of my marketing costs and I'm spending it on rewards, what's the return on investment and how do I measure it? Uh, what do you think the the gaming industry is at in that, Trevor? 
we don't have enough data yet because um, we've only run one rewards program so far. It wasn't well marketed, it, even inside of the app, it wasn't well marketed. Um, we didn't use it for attraction. And um, and actually, the only thing I knew was the same number you quoted earlier on, because that was that was the, the company we did the partnership with. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got a new we've done a new one, as you know, with uh, Acquire and, and we're rolling that we're putting that together technically. Uh, right now and we'll be rolling that out so uh we'll i'll have i'll have data um soon um what i have noticed is uh is the same thing everybody else has noticed with with gaming is you've got um um, a small percentage of of users that are quite loyal um and uh and they are they are where the money is made where the time spent they are the the and and by the way that small percentages can be really really small um, I, 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 I think 1% is a lot, um, it was what the industry is saying. And, and I think we have numbers, it depends on the game. We have 13 different SKUs. So one of our, one of our apps is a, is a, um, is a running and walking app. So you can go for a virtual run anywhere on the metaverse, you can create your avatar. So it has a 25, 26, 27% retention rate already. Um, and so why why is that well because if you've got healthy habits or you're building healthy habits or you're trying to build healthy habits you want to go for a walk or run and you've and you've tried this thing and you used it once and you liked it well you're going to go for a walk later on that week will you use it again and and so so retention problem there versus a casual game where you've got 13 of them on your device 15 of them on your device, maybe not just two or three um, and you're being marketed on Facebook all the time for a new one and or on Instagram for a new one, or your buddy tells you about this one, or your, your daughter's playing another one. Um, that, that those casual games are they maybe not meant to be used twice. Um, I mean, they are, but yeah. <laughs> we, we really don't see that. So honestly, do we really think they're meant to be played, you know, more than a couple of, so we try to, we try and keep people playing those and there's some breakthroughs in that. Um, so retention rate on those is is very very small uh, percentage uh, decimals of a percentage point, um, and and so so could it be better? Of, of course it could be. Uh, um, and and uh, you know game mechanics help, um, loyalty program help, uh, a, uh, a rewards uh, obviously obviously help. Um, but I don't have I don't have any numbers um, yet other than the, what the industry numbers are. But we're working sure. with really small percentages in some cases um, that um, a doubling would be, you know, from 0.5 to 1 percent. That's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So so the effort's worth it because it's, it's yeah. it, you know, a, a doubling is, is, is pretty easy to go from 0.5 to 1 percent. Yeah, no, great point. And, you know, it's interesting in the as you said, in the gaming industry, um, it's relatively new, uh, you know, the the issuance of physical rewards and incentives and targeting. Uh, you know, I, I read one study estimate only about 10% of current game publishers are even considering, uh, you know, those types of rewards uh, as a part of their marketing strategy. Uh, whereas in the in the retail space, uh, you know, the uh, Experian did a study a while back said 75% of U.S. companies with loyalty programs could have a they measured a physical return on investment. They could actually get those those metrics down. So, I think we as an industry are certainly are early, but we're going to have to uh, to lay those out and get a a better set of metrics and dashboards that really measure the results um, of you know this this marketing channel of issuing rewards. 
So I, I know in the, in the, in your space, uh, working with retail and product brands, uh, you know, they do see some top line and bottom line, uh, impact, uh, how important, I mean, I assume that's pretty important to your customers as they implement their, uh, their technology and getting getting those uh, metrics that allow them to measure that? Big time, very, very important. One of the things we have, um, I'll tell you one of the things we have done for the small businesses is Oh, thank you. Indie Game Business has one of the longest-running digital event series in the gaming industry with hundreds of publishers, investors, developers, and tech companies to meet with. All the sessions are always free to watch forever, and you can get a free pass to receive all the slide decks from all the speakers. The tickets for meetings start just at $50. Go to IndieGame.Business and use the code IGBPODCAST to get 20% off your ticket. Again, they don't have sophisticated points of sales to be able to drive this type of programs. So what we've done is kind of focused on um, making it easy for them, but also putting the weight on the big brands. So you find a small business selling a big brand product. So imagine a big brand being able to launch a campaign. Typically, um, when you have a big brand, they don't have any visibility really uh, in emerging markets, especially into who is buying, I have a tube of toothpaste, what is my consumer buying? What are they buying that toothpaste with? There are all kinds of things they can do. It's not just about direct sales, but even just mixing and matching, giving all kinds of rewards because you know what's in the market basket. So imagine a brand saying, hey, I'm giving all this stuff to my distributors. And somehow when it gets to the end consumer, I really don't know or have any control because they're with small businesses. What is out there? What is my inventory? How, how do I drive demand? What do I do? So what, we have, what we've done is worked on um, developing a platform for the big brands that enables them um, capture um, the small small guys, the small merchants. So I, as a big brand selling a tube of toothpaste or whatever, selling toothpaste, can now see what um, the mom and pop store, who's selling that toothpaste, what they have, where they're at, their location and all that stuff. And if I know and I can see that, just imagine being able to see that on the heat map. You're seeing all the small guys and what they're selling in the inventory. And you're able to light them up in like three minutes to say, hey, sign up here. And all of a sudden you have a point of sale where you can sell those products or, or process the offers. We make them purely digital offers. And guess what we yeah. do? We ditch the app. Nobody's yeah. interested in downloading 50 million apps. So we say, get the offer to the consumer and have them stash it in their wallet. Yeah. And when they stash it in their wallet, they can go to any of the small merchants and they can redeem it. It's driving a lot of um, traction to yeah. give the brands the power to drive that demand and to affect what the consumers are doing. But more importantly, it's enabling the small merchants play in a very significant way before where they were not even considered. Normally, the big brands would just look at the big boxes. Yeah. So. 
Just like that's great. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, I'm glad you shared that. And I know if Bobby you were here, you and he'd be going back and forth on that and the importance of that because with uh, SKUX and what they're doing and digital incentives and end to end and and real time metrics. I mean, it's just fascinating what what you guys are doing at SpacePoint, what what SKUX is doing, and and how that you know the real time aspect of this is very important. It's important to the to the gamer in the gaming world, right? You know that I get you know, instant feedback and, and from the game publishers and developers to know that, uh, you know, what, you know, who should I be targeting with, with these offers? I mean, you don't, you know, the days of a, a coupon in the newspaper are gone, you know, as, as, as you just mentioned, Sayu, it's, it's, it's a specific mm -hmm. offer that you can now target based on, on the uh, buying habits of, of a, a given individual, you know, yeah. and, and we see that all the time. You know, I, I'm always amazed that I go to a website and five minutes later, that website's, you know, promoting me on Facebook. You know, it's a little scary. Uh, and I know there's privacy yeah. issues, but. <laughs> yes, yeah, a little big brother-ish. <laughs> yeah. One of the, one of the things that, that really struck me, there was a very comprehensive uh, study done by Harvard Business Review and uh, in terms of, you know, the impact of, of uh, in digital incentives and, and uh, how that can grow revenues and, and, uh, retailers that added those were growing at, you know roughly two and a half times faster than other companies in their industry it's pretty fascinating yeah. and they had very solid metrics to, to back that up uh, it, for, for gaming i don't know a whole lot about gaming but i know that <clears throat> i remember my daughter coming and being upset because she changed her phone and somehow she lost all her points that was going to unlock something something so <laughs> yeah she was like so upset she lost i had saved up 300 coins and now you know it's all gone um, from a from a perspective of gaming, I was just thinking as um, as Trevor was talking, I was like, maybe it's not about the acquisition of the new gamer. Maybe it's more about driving that in-game spend. Maybe that's mm -hmm. maybe that's oh, yeah. so. It's yeah. It's again. It's like the reward is somewhere. It might not be the thing that drives them to get a game in the first place, but it might be the thing that gets them to spend more while playing the game. Yeah, yeah spend, that, spend that, more money and, and more time. Uh, and more time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really the 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 objective of I think any reward mechanism in the game because a lot of games are free to play, right? And 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 so so how are you going to monetize? Well, you're going to monetize that by getting the the gamer to make in-game purchases, uh, maybe watch some some digital ads, uh, you know. But but the real focus has to be on 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 driving that loyalty over the longer period of time to play as, as trevor just said play the game longer mm -hmm. um you know be more engaged and as a result uh then your monetization strategies can start to kick in so so well, I, we've got just go ahead sorry, trevor. I, was, yeah. Jim, I was just gonna say we spend quite a bit of time thinking about um retention i gave that example earlier of the time Warner cable and the los angeles lakers the second ad pod yeah. Um, and I, I think I think of that now um, as, as they were trying to build a streak, uh, you know, a, 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 a uh, 32 minute streak is what they're trying to uh, a viewing, a viewing streak. So um, when we when, whether we're talking the clock running app or the fan freaks uh, sports app, um, they're focused. They have a streak game mechanic built into it. So it's not just about um, going to that. Uh, like the retail programs are of, of loyalty it's mm -hmm. of um, consistency 
And I think it, when you're trying to get somebody's attention, we, we can't do this with all retailers. I, I can't go to the grocery store every day. Uh, well, I can maybe, but I'm not, I, I don't know that it's worth trying to make me do that. But tapping a button on my screen to play Wordle, that's mm -hmm. pretty that's a pretty simple thing to do. And yeah. I, you, I was, I, I know how your daughter feels because when New York times bought the Wordle, they screwed up my streak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but that, but streaks are pretty important. Sure. To us. Challenges are pretty important to us. And, and I, and I think that that's not the same as loyalty. I don't think I, because I, I don't, I don't think about this stuff too much. I, I think you, I think you and, and Jim probably do more. Um, streak is a form of, of, of loyalty. It's a form of retention and, and, uh, and it's, it's, you know, it's just another point category. What, how many points do you have? What's your streak at? You know, how many cash dollars have you earned? How many NFT dollars have you earned? They're, they're all part yeah. of a dashboard. Yeah. 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 So, so we just have a couple more minutes. I want to just, uh, sort of finish up here talking a little bit about, you know, the types of, of rewards we've, we've talked about. You know, in-game uh, virtual rewards. We talk about physical rewards, cashback rewards, and and now with uh, you know the play to earn out in the marketplace with blockchain in the, in the gaming space with blockchain and crypto and Axie and some of the you know the real focus there. You know, there's there's this sudden hype that says, well, you better move your games to blockchain and that and use crypto as your your mechanism to reward, uh, but. But that's that's just emerging, and and I guess the question first to you, Sayu, is you know do we do we see any uh, you know in terms of incentive rewards any anything that that you know leads right now? I mean, is it cashback? Is it uh, you know physical rewards? Is it discounts? Is it crypto? You know what what are you seeing? I I think you said the right phrase emerging all the crypto stuff again. This works as far as um, if if crypto and all of that, I know they're emerging to just coming up. So you're you're gonna you're gonna get the attention of your early adopters, the people who are like you know bold risk you know not risk adverse. They want to go for it. They they see the future, but your critical mass is still on your traditional models. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing. That's again, it goes back to what I was describing earlier. If the infrastructure supports that payment digitization go for it. Then you know that you can really get your critical, uh, you know, critical mass really using that. I still see the traditional from a from fintech perspective. Yes, more and more stuff, more and more cool stuff done with cards and more and more cool stuff done with digital cards, the wallet type mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Um, the ability to go into a place and as I'm using, I know I'm building up for the next time I come in here and then I can spend it again. That's great. Um, it's that that has has worked in retail is beginning to work very very much with the virtual cards the digital cards. I I love the fact that I have my Sam's Club app, and as a Sam's Club member, I can go to the gas. I've not gone to any other gas station since because guess what? I'm saving like I think eight cents on the dollar. Now, granted, my husband had to like tell me download the app, download the app. And it's like, okay, fine. Until so they took my phone and downloaded the app. And then when I saw the savings, I was like, wow, that's really cool. So now I know that, or when he called it out, you know, we, we saved X amount, you know, on gas. Now, it, because it's so easy now, it's in my wallet. I'm not going to open anything extra. So those traditional ways work. That's what the critical mass is still using. The new stuff, probably sometime in the future, but that's not the, that's not popularity. It's still emerging. Yeah. 
Thank you. How about you, Trevor? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, definitely, uh, if we're talking about NFTs and crypto, it's definitely still emerging. Uh, it's not like you, you should ignore it uh, because, hey, it's just emerging. Let's ignore it uh, because there's some early adopters there to go grab. So uh, right. so so that's that's important. Uh, we we're we're tr kind of treating because we don't have a physical card in, in gaming. I never thought about the, the fact we didn't. Um, uh, what I realize is the equivalent sometimes um, for some of us and certainly for some of the things we're doing is the NFT. It, it, it is the crypto that that's the uh, OK, our most premium, our our, our black card users are, are buying an NFT and and they are unlocking, uh, you know, 25 extra you know, uh, percent bonus kind of thing. Gotcha. And, and the person that just has a username and an email, um, they, they've, they've got the special card. Uh, I get treated like that by every credit card company. Uh, so so um, it's it's uh, very, very familiar. Um, but it's, it is interesting to think about the physical, the digital, and the digital to physical um, and how to create real value. One of the comments in the, in the, uh, in the, uh, I don't know what to call it, in the, in the session has has been about Amazon Prime Gaming and um, and I, I forgot about uh, Amazon Prime Gaming. It's it's a great uh, example. You're right um, um, of uh, real world and digital world um, bringing those perks together um, and uh, and I really like, I, I only became aware of Amazon Prime Gaming uh, through some conversations with Amazon just in the last couple months. And uh, it's it's it, it's smart, um, and and it's smart because it's physical, the digital, digital, physical. Um, as as some of these NFTs are, as as the crypto world is, it's it's not all. One of the things that um, Sayu was talking about is you know let's drive towards digitization. Well, when you start with everything digital, there's a little bit of a drive to well, let's make something physical. So with the clocked app, what's physical? Well, we'll send you a medal. Um, here, kind of behind me. Oh, there. Uh, um, let's send. Let's send you a medal. Let's send you a T-shirt. Um, um, you, you, you know, we want you to do something in the physical world, even though you're in the metaverse right now, doing a run, and we teleported you to Paris. We, we don't want you to, to to just sit down. We want you to take steps um, in in the real world, um, in your neighborhood, and uh, and the, and the fan freak app with the QX points built in it um, very soon. We're, you know, what's the real world, real world there? Well, that's that's about sports. Is it's about you know what games are on tonight, what what games are on this afternoon, um, and uh, what predictions can I make that are correct uh, uh, for those games? Um, yep. So so we're sort of pushing into physical world, I, I think, to to um, uh, to get loyalty, to get retention, and um, and of course borrowing some of those models. And and to build value, I think that's the right way to say that. And to, to build value, that you know, it's not it's not not everything can be digital all the time. Uh, so we right. see physical as, as building value. Yeah, no, that's great. And you know, and um, uh, creditcards.com did a study recently and said uh, uh, seventy five percent of all consumers prefer cash rewards. Right. I mean, to the point that you know, there's still that. Yeah, you know, I've got something tangible, something that I can. I've got flexibility in how to use. So, I was so looking I think, for a couple think, of cash reward checks I have stored over here. That I've gotten from Costco. And, and, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, 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 sure. yeah. So, so I think we're we're about out of time here. I want to open it up. Uh, I don't know if Dan or Jay will come on, and you know, any questions that we might have to answer, we'll be glad to do that.
I really appreciate uh, your uh, comments, Sayu and Trevor. I think it was very insightful. I learned something, uh, and uh, I really appreciate it. So, Dan, I'm going to turn it over to you, I guess. All right. Yeah, we've got 15 minutes left. 15 okay. minutes left. All right. So we've got some questions coming up. I'm going to pop them up here. Uh, what do you see for the future of crypto and NFTs, right? Like like you were talking about, it's very yeah. familiar. Um like with, with credit cards, right? Like you get this and you get a 25% reward. That's kind of familiar. So what do you see as like the future of crypto and the way that people are going to use NFTs yeah. in like ways maybe that people haven't thought of yet? Yeah, I, I mean, I'll just make a quick comment. I, You know, they're not going away, right? I mean, it's going to continue to grow. And I think as both uh, Sayu and Trevor said, it's, it's emerging. I think any... Um, any strategy, you know, moving over the longer term has to, to be cognizant of that. You know, you can't ignore it. I know with uh, with us and, and our platform, we're we're providing the flexibility to bring, you know, crypto and NFT strategies in at the right time, you know, for mm -hmm. proper exchange. But uh, what do you think, Sayu? Uh, any comments or, yeah, or Trevor? It is, it is emerging. I think that the more... In, in terms of using them as rewards, I think that the more um, it is done, the more it's going to help towards driving overall adoption in terms of like if consumers, if I have it, honestly, right now, I'm like, okay, it might be something I can save for the future. It might be something I can, I want to know where can I use it? Where can I spend it? What A lot of times people, again, a lot of what's happening with crypto right now is the early adopters. If you look at the overall numbers of the population, we're still in the early adopter phase. People are people who have studied it and know what to do with it. The general masses don't necessarily haven't necessarily thought about it. The more we the more we drive that acceptance across the market, then the, the critical masses now begin to get involved. So, yes, the more those things are pushed, people now begin to get more aware. But it needs to be more. Uh, adoption in terms of where I use it, where I spend it, how I save it. Because right now, when people are talking about that, you're talking about how much is going to, how much value is going to bring for the future. Yeah, I I, I like it for today for the unlocking of of special features, uh, special uh, incentives, uh, bigger bonuses. Um, there's uh, something we can do there. Um, now I look at it from that point of view because we have a we have a core set of functionalities. And, and so we can make those more premium by offering some extra thing, uh, some extra you know, bonus and incentive. For, at the same time, the, um, the, when you think of the, the physical to the digital or, or, and, and vice versa, um, when, we, when we bring um, an NFT into an NFT marketplace or bring a piece of real estate, for example, um, we have something we call Clocked World. And in clock world, that's where uh, you do an activity, a run, a walk, a, a workout. Um, and you can do that anywhere, anywhere you like. Um, so that brings a spatial component up. And in that spatial component, that means like, it, it doesn't have to be in your living room. It, it can be in, you know, uh, uh, below the Eiffel Tower. Uh, so now who owns that real estate below the Eiffel Tower? Um, we as a company, we can say, well, we do. We own, we own the whole world. We, we own the real estate. We'll, we'll do whatever's there um, and because that's technically possible. What I've noticed, though, is when you when you take a, a broader, 
I'm sure that's the right word. When you take a different perspective, I don't know if it's broader or not, um, a different perspective to say, let's, let's let somebody else own um, that property. Let, let's give them premium access instead of us owning the premium access. Let's give that, this other person premium access and, and say, why? Because they are, um, they're now an owner. They're a member. They're a part of the club. We've just gotten out of our own way a little bit, um, or, or a lot, depending on how you execute on that strategy. We've just gotten out of our own way, and, and now we don't have to decide what's underneath the Eiffel Tower and what people do under the Eiffel Tower, what it looks like, what it sounds like, um, and, what you, and what you do there. Um, we get to work on that with our loyal members, with our, our crypto owners, our NFT owners, our, our landowners, our, our the, the metaverse participants. However, you want it to let's call them our, our black card. Our black card. Uh, I think we still have like you know black cards. Is that the pre? What's the What's the top card? I want the top card. Is it that? Is it is the black card? Is the black card? That's the one. The black card owner. Um, what whatever that uh, whatever that card's called. The um, uh, if you give them um, a say, if you give them some control, um, a lot of things can happen. And we're really, really enjoying that. And that, I don't think that happened in a world where we looked at it just from a loyalty program point of view or, and didn't think blockchain and didn't think crypto and didn't think NFTs or didn't think metaverse. It happened when we said, oh, all of this is possible. Um, and let's get out of our way. And so how do you decide how to get out of the way? Well, NFTs and crypto and blockchain, all those technologies come together to allow you to get out of your own way. And it just kind of helps you think about outside the box kind of things. I don't know if you y'all have noticed, but there's some people that are fired up that are anti-NFTs and anti-crypto. And yeah. I've had some conversation with people and they just get so mad. And it's kind of like, well, whether you like it or not, it's happening. It's, it's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. So you might as well just. Is that, yeah, is that like being anti? I'm anti MX. I've had it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, see, I'm old enough, Dan, that I can say I, I was back in the day when when uh, you know people hated uh, this thing called the internet because everything was homogenous and you know this heterogeneity that was never going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, there are some. I, get it. I mean, the sustainability yeah. of of. Exactly. Uh, the NFT, there's some there's some problems that for yeah. brands, for even a, a company our size. Um, yeah. I, I don't want to lean in too heavy if I'm going to like if it's going to cost the energy of a small town in, in Germany. Uh, right. I, right. So. Um, uh, so there are some issues, but. Um, let's, let's there's issues with everything. It doesn't matter. Right. There's issues yeah. with regular money. Yeah. There's issues with writing checks. Right. Yeah. I don't right, know the let's... carbon cost of my uh, my Amex uh, platinum card. They wouldn't give me a black card. They apply the platinum. <laughs> All right, here we go. Do you see there being a standard for the metaverse, such as different studios doing things together in the same metaverse instead of proprietary metaverses in the future? I mean, that's the goal, right? Do you actually like see that really, really happening? Wouldn't it be nice? Yeah. <laughs> We, we couldn't do it with mobile phones. Um, we couldn't do it with with web browsers. Um, and we couldn't do it with video standards. We couldn't do it with television sets. Um, so is can there be an underlying thing there? So if, if that is the goal, a single metaverse we're all interoperable with, um, if that's the goal, and it often is stated as such, so I think that's, I think that's fair. Um, it's, it's a fine ideal. Um, and somebody can let me know when we, when we get there. Yeah. 
Um, in, in the meantime, I think I think we probably have to be a little practical and say, okay, well, in in 3D game engines, it's going to be at least a battle between Epic and Unity. Mm-hmm. Um, in um, mobile games, it's going to be at least a battle between Android and, and you know, I don't think Facebook's going to enter here, but you know, once we put a headset on, then well, let's talk about headsets and the standards there. So, for sure. Dan, I agree with the, I think the question probably was leading to, you know, should there be a single metaverse? Dan, you know, should, yes, sure. Ready player one, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think you made a good point too, Trevor, is that uh, with, with everything in, in, you know, technology, it's, it's not necessarily, it never necessarily ends up in a single metaverse or a single browser or a single, uh, you know, type of uh, device that you're carrying around. But I do think the uh, standards and interoperability uh, you know, come out of that, right? That discussion. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you how excited I'm about, about something that's just happened though? So I, I talked about, we created this this clock world. People are using Decentraland, a tool that, that I've never used to build 3D objects to put into the world we built that we didn't build to be compatible with Decentraland. Mm-hmm. It just happened. Yep. So, so that's nice. Um, so that's working. Um, and we'll, hopefully we'll see a lot more of that um, in the future. There was a comment here from Lantana Games. How are you doing, Lantana Games? It's happening, but it's a matter of keeping the barrier to entry low enough for the average consumer to get in, enjoy them, be a part of the ecosystem, and have a use for them that can't be duplicated by other more standardized game mechanics. Also, I, it's got to be like a lot of brands and companies have to be involved in that one thing. And we're kind of seeing that now in some other platforms, right? I, I personally don't know that much about clocks, so I can't talk of that. But I've seen a lot of metaverses where other brands are buying into it and there's multiple brands, right? And it, it just is going to take some time for all that stuff to, at least in my opinion. All right, let's see here. Let's get rid of that one. And there almost is only one search engine, right? There almost is only one search engine. So we've seen some evidence of, of yeah. right. Yeah. And I mean, like you know, face face. There was only MySpace, pretty much, and then it was only yeah. Facebook, and then you know, now there's there's branches, different branches of it. But well, I'm uh, a TikToker now, Dan, so I I moved on. Yeah, <laughs> TikTok. Uh, how do you effectively tie? Because you were talking about rewards. How do you effectively tie gameplay to these rewards? That was from way, way back in the conversation. Yeah, I mean, it, it, lots of different ways. Um, so from steps um, to, uh, you know, uh, points, to levels, to coins gathered. And basically there's, a, we, we call it, we look at it, the, the, the economy in the game and we find something that we can hook onto. Um, to, to put rewards against. Um, and be, because there's, there's, there's always multiple elements as part of the, the, the game mechanics and the, the gamification, um, you can pull one of those, you can pull that thread. Um, we haven't done anything more sophisticated than that yet. Uh, maybe others have, uh, where, you, oh, let's put all three of the things together and combine them into, you know, uh, we, we, we're, we're trying to keep it simple, I think for ourselves more than anybody, uh, it probably helps others too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think going back to some of the things that Sayu said, you do start simple, and then you bring, you allow technology to to make that you know become more sophisticated. And I think the other comment I would add is, when you're looking at that, you've got to take both the the gamer perspective and and the uh, the, the game owner perspective, right? And you got that monet, Where where can we monetize from a gamer pers- game pl- owner perspective? 
and how can we continue to make this exciting and challenging to the gamer and, and reward them appropriately? Yeah. Right. Oh, and we all know that one search engine is being just to, <laughs> to go back. I just had to pop that up. Nicky out of me. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, did you have any comment about that, Sayu? Okay. Well, I've got a question for you then. Uh, what differences are there working with digital brands versus brands that have physical retail locations? Um, it's really there's no difference. Redemption. How do you how do you get your reward? That's really what drives it. So. I want to be able to um, go to a physical um, location and I want to be able to scan some QR code or some um, uh, barcode and redeem my reward. Or I want to be able to do online. Either it's attached to my account as I'm earning and then I apply it to my cart. Everything else is pretty much the same. So mm -hmm. if it's a... If it's uh, and, and again, that's what we're trying to do. The brands are big enough to handle their own campaigns and run it and all that stuff. Where things fall apart is, um, or what we're trying to solve for is linking the brands up to everybody who's selling the same stuff they're doing. How do consumers, because a lot of times the consumers will go to the small guys because it's closer. It's like, if you're in New York, are you gonna go to a bodega next door? Or are you going to go and go find a Walmart? So sometimes it's not about going to the big brand stores. Sometimes it's about going to the outlets. And when you go to the outlets, how can they play? So if mm -hmm. it's online, I need my rewards to be tied to my account. If it's in store, I need to be able to get it on my wallet and go in there and redemption. So it's it's really well it's about redemption. Ding. Yeah. I'm sure that you noticed this, but do you remember when QR codes first came out? They were huge, and then all of a sudden they disappeared for a while. They, they just went, boop, and then now all of a sudden they are everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think we have one time. Unless somebody else want to answer, we've got time for one more question. Okay, I'll take that as a, we got time for one more question. Oh, uh, here we go. Do you have any tips for small indie dev teams to implement rewards into their games or products that they can do themselves? Jim, do you want to go? Yeah, I, well, I think the uh, the key to this is not not put a lot of friction in your games. I mean, to the extent that you can, you, you, you as long as you're monitoring in-game events and things that you want to reward for, uh, my advice is, and this is where the industry has gone in on the uh, uh, on the retail side is, is go to a platform that, that helps you do that. Like Rack, you know, Rakuten is in the retail space and there's mm -hmm. going to be more and more of that coming to play. You, what you don't want to do is just uh, spend a lot of time implementing um, in-game reward strategies. When you're, you're, you're basically capturing the events that you want to reward. That's all you need to do. Feed those into a platform and let that, you know, the reward mechanisms occur there. Trevor, anything you want to add to that? I, I think I, if, if there's time, Dan, is there time? Yeah, yeah. I want to do a follow-up question to okay. you. Yeah. Um, I fibbed. I, I think I think what I'd like to suggest, and Sayu, I don't know what you would say on the retail side to this comment, keep it out of the engineer's hands for a while. Um, make sure it's on the marketing side. Don't engineer a solution for yeah. it. If you don't, Thank like, you. Test it out on social. Mm -hmm. um, uh, do a low-touch, yep. low you know, whatever, I don't know what the right word is. It is let the marketing team run it. And yes. they, you should be able to do that. They, they could say, hey, on Instagram, whoever gets 10,000 points today, 
you don't have to ask an engineer who got 10,000 points today. You don't have to like have something pushed out to, from an engineering point of view. Go look and see who got 10,000 points today and run the incentive. And, 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 and then that will help you model the program, help you determine yeah. the economy um, and just and just and just to kind of learn. I totally agree. Focus on the experience of the user. Let them feel and let them. One of the things we did through the process was not calling um, the rewards like coupons, but actually, you know, calling them payment codes. So it's first as if they had cash. Right. So it's about that experience. You have cash. I have 50 bucks that I can spend towards something. It's not, you know, whatever, a discount or a coupon. So, yeah, I totally agree with that sentiment. It's focus on that user experience, let them feel that it's really, really a reward. I'm winning, I'm getting something, as opposed to some complex implementation of a reward system. Right, and, and coupons have a connotation with them, right? They're like when you hear the word coupon, right? It's like, oh, you get a 50% off coupon, and you're like, eh. But if you just won a $25 reward that so pays for half of your thing, that's yes. like, woohoo! So yeah. you basically answered my follow-up you question. Are. How, how does the game that. dev know that their rewards are working and if it's worth the time and effort to spend time implementing them? Right. So you yeah. basically answered that. But yeah, you want I, to I, I, I hope so. I hope so, yeah. I hope so. All right. Well, thank you all so much. Um, this is awesome. Make sure and hang out in the Discord. I think there, there might be some questions in, in there for you as well. Next, we got coming up with uh, Mr. Michael Brown from Vicarious PR. And, oh, this is this. I love the title of this. You can make no errors in your marketing and still fail. That's going to be a good one. So come on and hang out. Thank you all. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at indiegame.business.